Welcome to Nicole Zizi On Air, hosted by artist and designer, Nicole Zizi. Here we talk transparently about all things creative, from entrepreneurship, art, music, design, tech, sustainability, business ownership, and much more. Stick around to hear from creatives of all walks of life as they intimately share their experiences, tips, and advice. Welcome back, everyone, to Nicole Zizi On Air. Today, we have another guest for Behind the Screen, Taylor Champlin. Um, I know her as, you know, stylist, um, creative, mostly creative, because every time that I've seen her work, it was just something completely new. So maybe uh, she would have a better time kind of explaining what she does on the day-to-day basis. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Um, I guess I would describe myself as a stylist and a photographer and a little bit of a writer. Um, yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I'm equally excited to have you on. Um, I mean, we're friends, but it's always great to have a friend on and to really introduce and share stories and, you know, have dialogue. So um, I think uh, I can also say the same as far as being like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I'm a designer, but I also know how to make music. I can DJ and all these other things that is a part of just being creative. Mm-hmm. Um but this is just shows from like all the other people I've interviewed. Most of the time, people don't just focus on one thing. Yeah. Even though they may, they may project that they're doing one thing, there's always something else that people are working on. Exactly. I think that's what's so great about having friends who are creatives because when you get together, you never know like mm-hmm. what you can do. And, you know, they're friends, your friends. I don't know. It's yeah, and it's like your friends kind of like inspire you to like. Yeah, exactly. How do you know how to use a camera? Can you show me or like what's the best camera? And just kind of like inspires you to do other things. Mm-hmm. How did you really get into, um, I guess, creating? Like, what was your first introduction? It probably would just start with when I was little, I wanted to be a fashion designer, and I always knew I wanted to move to New York from a young age. I don't really think I ever had a reason why. I just knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and just through movies and TV and definitely magazines, I just grew like a love for fashion and knew that no matter what I ended up doing, that fashion would be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that was hard just because I grew up in Maine and there's honestly not a lot creatively going on. So, I don't know. So what kind of motivated you to really pursue moving to New York? Like how did you end up coming to New York? Um, Just through applying to colleges, I just kind of set a goal for myself that that was the closest I was willing to go, like New York and then beyond, had to be my options as far as like school, just because 
I feel like a, most kids stayed really close, so they stayed in Maine, but I just knew that I couldn't do what I wanted to do if I wasn't in New York. So I went to Manhattanville outside of like White Plains in New York. Um, I didn't even study fashion, <laughs> I did communications. And honestly, just through internships is how I kind of got into it. Hmm. So that's kind. Of, I kind of. That's kind of how I moved to New York permanently. Mm-hmm. Like I applied to schools, even though my my dad always lived in New York. Mm-hmm. I kind of had like it's a little bit different from you because you don't have family here. But yeah. like the way I kind of set myself, like oh, this time I'm gonna get to New York is through school. Yeah, exactly. Um, Manhattanville. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Yeah. What part of what part of New York? It's in White Plains. It's in, like, Westchester. Like, by Pratt? Mm, I think so. I think it's close to there. Yeah. Um, what would you say your college experience was like? Um, I mean, I had fun, but I got sick of it after, like, a while. Um, yeah. I didn't completely... I don't know. I I like that I went to a small school, but I kind of wish that I went to a bigger one looking back. But honestly, I only applied to like three schools, and that was the one that gave me a scholarship, so I went. And mm-hmm. I made the best of it. Like, I definitely feel like I had to go to college in New York for me to really get into this, just because there was just so many different people like people who dressed so cool and didn't care and that was new to me like I I mean if you wear like a nice pair of heels like a nice dress out in Maine where everyone goes people will be like what are you doing so like where are you going with that dress (laughs) what do they wear on a day-to-day yeah no for real what do they wear oh um so also, I wore uniforms when I went to school in Maine for the most part. So In high school too? Yeah. So it was preppy. Like it was everything I hated. <laughs> like boat shoes and like vineyard vines. And I don't even know what vineyard vines is. <laughs> Good. That sounds you don't want to know. <laughs> I, when I was in middle school... I wore um, uniforms and in elementary school, but high school they don't they didn't do that. Um, but they did have like the Sperry's trend. I think that was like a nationwide trend. Yeah, I think it was. Because <laughs> I, I had a pair. I mean, yeah, I wore mine too. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, yours was uniform. Yeah, but like I didn't hate them all the time. Like I'm not gonna lie, so it's fine. But yeah, they were super easy to put on. Exactly. No laces. Just yeah. slip them on. Exactly. Mm. So you got to New York. What was the first thing that you did when you um, came out here? Besides school, obviously. And you quit your you quit college. You were like, yeah. I'm just going to do with something else. What was the first thing you did? Um, after I did that? Mm-hmm. Or? After you like left school. And- so I left school little by little, honestly. Like, sophomore year, I studied abroad. And then... When I came back, I wanted to switch schools, so I went to a school outside of Boston because it was a fashion school, mm-hmm. and I only went for one semester because I didn't really like that school that much, and 
I just realized even if it was a fashion school, I had to be in New York to do what I wanted to do. But I'm glad I went. Uh, you feel like you have to be in New York? Yeah. Well, I at least get all of the good companies, like major yeah. companies. I feel like, yeah. Or with what I wanted to do, I always wanted to work at a fashion magazine. They're all based here. Mm-hmm. So I just had to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, New York is the hub of... It's like New York, Milan, LA, LA, Paris, maybe Italy, and a little bit of Florida, Miami. But Miami's yeah, like, eh. they're more like um, specific occasions, like hot, like um, swimwear. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're up and coming though. Yeah, they are. Really nah, are. Miami is definitely up and coming, but for the most part, it's just. Before, like, they started up and coming with, like, the design district and things, it was uh, focused mainly on, like, the swimwear. Like, you would you yeah. would get all the nice swimsuits and stuff from a designer in Miami yeah. versus someone in New York that barely goes to the beach. Exactly. I think of, like, Gianni Versace and mm-hmm. I don't know what else. Casual wear. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I guess all of, like, the big tech companies and a lot of other like wealthy business people and corporations are moving to Miami right now because they have less like COVID restrictions. Yeah. So I think that if that all happens, there's going to be like a surge in Miami. It's going to be like the place to be. So People were already starting to explore Miami when Art Basel came around and then yeah, um, the design district started popping up. And Wynwood was already before the design district, mm-hmm. um, which is like a little art center. And then um, people just kept moving and moving because, like, it's kind of honestly they're they're turning it into another design um, industry. So mm-hmm. I know a couple of people that moved to New York, moved to Miami because they couldn't open their not personally, but I know of a couple of companies that moved to Miami because they couldn't op- run their restaurant at full capacity. Here? In here. Yeah. yeah. I don't even blame them. My mom moved to Tampa this past on fall, I think. And it's not that far from Miami, but she tells me, like, all the time. She's like, I can go have dinner, like, outside. People are outside. The kids go to school five days a week. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just different there than it is here. Yeah, but it's still kind of unsafe. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was I'm there not, the other day, and people don't... Yeah, I'm not... People don't care about it. But, you know, it's it's kind of like... It's interesting because it's the complete opposite from here. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I was always wearing my mask, and I was telling my mom, I'd be like, okay, why are people not wearing their masks? In Tampa? Tampa yeah. is like, um... I haven't been to Tampa in a minute, but Tampa is like even more up north mm-hmm. so they're even more like um people in Tampa are way more like we don't want to wear a mask here type of yeah. people I feel you. Miami they're a little bit like you still have people that's not wearing their mask and like why are we even wearing this stuff but you still have like another half where they're like yeah we understand we'll put the mask on but Tampa is definitely one of those areas like it's more southern so they're gonna be like mm, yeah we're not it's against our rights <laughs> it's against our rights. Um, but anyways, um, 
So how did you, I forgot where we ended off at? We ended off at the internship, I think. I think like move like school and moving to New York. Okay, yeah. So after school, you, you did the studying abroad, and then you oh, moved yeah. back here. So. I decided that I wanted to go back to Manhattanville after that one semester in Boston, outside of Boston. And so I was just like, okay, I'm coming back, but I want it to be different because on campus at my school, it just was pretty dull. Like there was nothing to do on campus. Mm -hmm. So I just, I literally stayed at an Airbnb because I had an interview for an internship at this um, brand called Eliza J. And I got it. And while I was staying at the Airbnb, I liked it a lot. So I just asked the lady, I was like, can I live here? <laughs> she was like, yeah, sure. If you give me like X amount a month, I was like, okay, fine. And then I got that internship and- Oh, that was very witty. This ass could live there. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was honestly, like put more effort into like where you live because that was like really kind of reckless of me but it worked out so it's fine but I got that internship and I got another one at CR Fashion Book and um, just decided to start commuting to school and living in um, Bed-Stuy so that's what I started doing Mm -hmm. and all of those uh Internships were focused in fashion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like uh, as an intern? Um, was it like, yeah, what was it like as an intern? So with one of those um, internships, one was paid, and then the other one was for school credit. Um, so the one that was paid was honestly, it was like a job, and... It was a lot of responsibility. They definitely needed two people and I was doing the job, but it was cool, honestly, because that's how I learned a lot about like photo editing. They were having me like put in all the information about whatever designs they made. So I learned a lot about like fabrics and colors Mm -hmm. and different designs and how that works like in-house to make clothes, which was cool. but yeah, it was definitely very stressful, but um, I don't know. I needed that, I guess, as like my first, my first internship to understand that I didn't necessarily want to design anymore just because um, a lot of the designers that worked there, they'd get like their ideas declined all the time and they were always the good ones so I kind of saw how someone in charge of a brand is really the head of things and then everyone else who makes things like might not as they don't have as much say I guess yeah um that's interesting I didn't even know a decline design I think it would be more like uh We'll save this for another season or something. Yeah, no. So. But it's like, yeah, no, this is not going to work ever. <laughs> like, actually. This is never going to work for us. Yeah, exactly. Throw it out. And they'd make them. Like, they'd make dresses, and then they'd get turned down. Oh, so, like, literally sewing it and bringing yes, it to them. Not exactly. even, like, a drawing. Like, hey, do you like it? Should I sew it? 
They they would. They would do drawing like the sketches first, and mm-hmm. I think those would get approved or declined. But it was, I mean, there was still a lot that got made, and then they were like, "Yeah, I don't really like. We're not pulling it out for this season." So. It just wouldn't happen, but yeah, definitely. It's I think it's hard as a creative when you get internships or you get jobs because literally your job is to be creative, to have ideas and to come up with them and follow them and be inspired by different ones. And if you are at a job where you don't exactly have as much freedom to express those ideas, I feel like it's kind of not worth it anymore if you're just staying for like a short period of time and learning. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite internship that you've done so far? Um, I, I guess paper, technically. Actually, no, I lied. See our fashion book because <laughs> she said I lied. Yeah, I lied. No. Um see our fashion book because the friends that I made, the other people I interned with, were all still friends to this Mm -hmm. day. And that's the internship that literally introduced me to styling because I never knew that that was even a career at all. And there was three stylists that worked there so I kind of got to see how it worked behind the scenes and there was there was one time specifically I always think of where um we would get we would get like looks straight off the runway like the day before they could be in Paris or something and then a couple days later they'd be in our office so it was crazy for me to see something on Vogue runway and love it and then have it in person be able to like touch it because in any other, like, respect, I would never have been able to, like, be around, like, high fashion like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that one, that one was, it was really fun. It was a lot of hard work, but it was worth it. That does sound very fun and yeah. sound like sounds like you learned a lot from them. Yeah, I definitely did. And I definitely got introduced, I feel like, from from that internship into how competitive the fashion industry can be as well and I don't know in a good way and in a bad way I feel like yeah What's, I guess the good way would be you know it's inspiring yeah new ways of doing things mm-hmm. what would you say the bad thing is I just think it's hard because it's like an added level of anxiety. I mm. guess you know, like not everybody. Because then it's becoming it. like a job almost. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a set amount of spots, and I don't know. It just seems like it's really hard to get them, or even with styling, it's it seems like it's impossible to like break into it and really be like a celebrity stylist or a famous stylist like even now having like worked a little bit in that realm I still feel like it's hard it's a goal I still want to obtain but it's I don't know it's still like daunting yo I have a question Mm -hmm. so I you know I guess you're a stylist so you would 
you know about pulling things, right? Yeah. So like, um, I feel like I I didn't even know about that for a while that stylists would pull clothes. I I thought it would be more like the designer kind of like works with the stylist and like you know even though that is a thing, but I didn't know it existed as far as like there being a photo shoot and a stylist reaching out to designers to pull their things. So. How often do you guys reach out to stylists or to brands or designers um, to pull things and deciding, oh, we don't want that anymore. We want to go with this now. Because I've had experiences where, like, people would reach out to me to pull things. But then, like, I think every single time, almost every single time, it just was like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. We're doing this now. No, you, like, should not do that. I feel like that's mean. Like, even, like, TV shows and stuff. Yeah, it it does happen. Like, you could you can pull a lot of looks for a shoot and only use, like, five. Or, I don't know how many you want to put in, like, a publication or whatever. But... That's literally what I used to do all the time, was sending those emails for requests and everything. They have to be, like, perfectly formulated. And, you know, some designers, they don't want to lend to you if it's a certain, like, star they don't, like, like. I don't want to say like, but... Yeah, it has to kind of, like, fit their brand. And if it's not someone they would actually want wearing... Not want, but, like, you know, like... They have, like, some people have, like, specific types of looks in mind. So, exactly. like, which is kind of super, um, I'm not kind of, but it's really, uh, how would I say? It's not the best. I would say that's almost like discrimination. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but okay. not, I don't know yeah. in what way, but in how bad it would be, but... Mm-hmm. I, I, I like everyone in my stuff. Exactly, so, yeah. But, um, I mean, that's, like, the superficial part of fashion exactly. that people don't really know about. Well, exactly. a lot of people know about it because you have people complaining, like, why are you always having these really skinny models with, like, yeah. why why don't you show regular, everyday people? Exactly. That's actually something that I've been noticing lately is... I feel like with quarantine, people got even more, like, obsessed with these standards that the fashion industry and, like, society sets that are really hard to have or, like, obtain, and quarantine made it worse because you were, like, alone with that, I guess, but, yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy to think about what we have for examples of runway shows and the casting for those compared to like when we were growing up it was all white skinny models who fit a certain height weight yeah gotta be extra extra skinny where you kind of see your ribs exactly like thigh gaps just so much just toxic standards Mm -hmm. and things are still hard now but they were way way worse then and that was honestly what got me into fashion was wanting to make it more inclusive and wanting it to show all the things that I thought were cool that weren't the same exact things that we had already been seeing all the time and I I honestly think like 2020 as much as it was a rough year we saw so much change 
in the fashion industry as a whole like we still have a long way to go but I don't know like thinking about how much American Vogue how much power they held and how much I used to look up to it compared to now I feel like American Vogue just isn't it like it's just not the other Vogues they're doing a lot better they're doing really creative more modern photography or different styling and that's honestly what excites me because that change is needed do you uh do you buy magazines i don't anymore i really should i wish i would definitely um i don't know i've i don't buy magazines even though i feel like i definitely agree with you like Mm -hmm. should purchase some magazines but i haven't actually um I don't know why. Honestly, I'm trying to come up with an excuse, but I don't know why. <laughs> no, I think it's just like um it's kind of like dated a little bit, but yeah. I do feel like um I should be making an effort to be buying magazines, especially right now where there which I'm gonna might have to do that this week, where you have black designers and minority designers and new designers that are being yeah. put in these publications and the only way that they can really like I feel like the publication will continue as if people are actually buying into it and mm-hmm. maybe that could be part of the reason why they're always putting older people on there because like you know like the older um generation or the generation before us not millennials but the one before us I don't remember <laughs> they like they still buy magazines yeah um but besides like everyday people's like companies like space like spaces yeah, exactly that buy them yeah i learned that i think through my internships what like that same fact that honestly a lot of people don't buy magazines and that's part of the struggle and a part of why these big publications are declining is just because there's investors and there's people you know like brands and like deals and things like that but you really need people buying magazines so that, you know, you can pay the people that work there and the photographers and the stylists and the models and everything. I don't do it either. I really should. But I think also it's just the internet, like, we want. Yeah, and and honestly, they just need to find a way to kind of figure out how they can funnel the money from the internet into making a publication that doesn't require them to really have to put all their energy into it Mm -hmm. all their money and resources into it I think I don't know if they're doing that but that's something they definitely should consider because that's where like the corruption happens as far as them wanting brands to pay to be in their publications and which I terms. Vogue did that to me like reached out to me and I actually recently declined because I was like thinking about like uh, oh, wow. I don't know if I want to sit here and pay a grand oh, no. to be on your magazine that I don't even know if the people that I that would buy is even going to look at it and exactly. there's like no guarantee as far as and and then also knowing that there's features from people that aren't paying yeah. So it was kind of like, why should this person pay if this person is doing it for free? That's honestly really good for you, though, because it's, I mean, I would still look at it as an honor that Vogue wanted you 
in their magazine, but it should be an honor on their part enough to pay you. You should never have to pay to have your work in the publication ever. It's but supposed to be, cons- from what I read, it was considered like an advertising, like mm-hmm. um, not more like feature where they're asking questions and stuff, but more just like, mm-hmm. you're she's selling this product, this is the, the price, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't have a magazine with me, but like on the back where they're just like, this is the designers that are selling and this is how much it costs type of thing. But yeah, I was definitely on and I was super excited and I was honestly about to pay the money, but then I had to sit down and think like, I haven't paid for any publications. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. Um, so far and I'm not, to, not to sound like stuck up or anything like no. that, but more like, why should, why, I've already had so much success so far without paying for it publication and just knowing people like you who are able to you know put me into a position where I can have a feature on paper and people follow me on Instagram where I've interacted with them and they felt you know like you know maybe they can also help me in that kind of way yeah exactly and what I've learned is mainly about like your connections and who you know and you being a good person a nice person and being friends or just connecting with that person so they feel like you know maybe this person deserves to be in that space exactly so i was like um i'll just wait for me to meet somebody that writes for vote or something yeah exactly or even then like it's your brand that's your work so at the end of the day if you don't want your work in vogue if you don't feel like they fit your brand's like vision and if they're not willing to pay, then you get to say no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that you've had, I've watched, like, your success has been pretty crazy, like, on its own, the amount that you've accomplished, like, this past, like, these past, this past year and a half. I feel like you've made really good connections, and, like, now you're in stores, and you did that all without having to pay anybody. Yeah, and, uh, thank you, and, um, definitely agree with you as far as like um even like I don't I didn't know that Vogue was also a part of like um Vanity Fair and they're all like under this one Condé Nast yeah yeah I didn't I don't know that much about that either honestly mm-hmm. I think Condé Nast is they're like a money, I guess yeah the it. company that hosts those Publications. It's like Vanity Fair and like another one too. Like I can't remember the other one, but like there's a couple of other ones that are also on there that are big companies. But like back to what I was saying, it was like um become like, because it's declining. All of those type of things are coming where people have they're going reaching out to small designers that are like, oh yeah, like I would jump at this opportunity yeah. without thinking about it. And how for me, it's just like. I could be investing that into samples. Exactly, yeah. And you're doing great without having to have that Vogue feature anyway, you know? Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, she over here gassing me. <laughs> Don't do that now. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so you got into photography, um, writing, or, and, styling what what 
do you how do you like uh, think about putting pieces together and styling? Like how do you go about that process? That for me is kind of I don't know. So with styling, I feel like the biggest thing for me is like color. Even with art, like I could go to a museum, the pieces I like the most, the artists you can tell focus on color. And I don't know. I feel like the best times for me are if I go to the thrift store and I find one piece and I like it, it's almost like I have all the clothes I have at home in my head and I'm able to think like what I have would look good with this and kind of go from there. But I feel like the biggest thing with styling is kind of thinking about who you like to style. Like do you like to style men more than women? Mm -hmm. And you know, what's a challenge like the stylist at CR Fashion Book that really inspired me. I, I asked them questions like this, and they said that they enjoyed styling women more because it was more of like a fantasy, it was something that was a challenge for them. And I found that they always had the perfect balance between masculine and feminine, like, both of those energies were present, just how much they wanted to use or like what you wanted to convey because at the end of the day what you wear is speaking about who you are I mm -hmm. guess that's always been like for me the clothes I wear have always been a way to express who I am um and then just being inspired like I I still go on Tumblr. I haven't Tumblr since like seventh grade. People still go on Tumblr. No, Tumblr is it. Like, Tumblr is social media that I find is so positive for like your mental health, for your ideas, for your creativity. I just go on there and look at photography and styling and just, I don't know, anything. Like, there's music on there too. Honestly, the low key social medias are the best. And we're like the good stuff is on them, but yeah, I don't yeah, because there's no ads. Yeah, <laughs> people aren't trying to put on these masks. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. There's a lot that goes into styling, but I think it's just about creativity and like a fantasy, I guess. In mm -hmm. some ways. Do you, as far as styling, are you styling artists or are you just styling like? Lookbooks, like, cause I now that I think about it, there's like so many different yeah. parts to styling. Like, if you're styling a, you know, like someone on a set or someone for at a, someone that's actually shooting for the brand, mm -hmm. what is which one would you say um, you're doing the most of, or that you're doing? I mean, currently, I'm not. I would just be doing it on my own, like with friends, and if I wanted to like pull stuff or buy it and then return it <laughs> and um but what I'm used to I guess is editorial and music videos mm -hmm. um I worked with a stylist who was Kim Petrus's stylist and that was probably those were the best honestly and red carpet events because you get to pull these really elaborate dresses or you know, like really cool lingerie and heels, and it's like that fantasy. You know? Mhm. Mm like a yeah, a fantasy. I would say for yeah. sure. That's cool. Really cool. 
just to be putting pieces together and like you said getting to see all these really extravagant things that you probably wouldn't see in your regular day-to-day life someone wearing Mm -hmm. um are there any designers and artists that you're really following right now yeah, I feel like in every like realm I'm interested in, I always have like people mm-hmm. I'm like catching up with. Like I don't know. Right now, like Tyrell Hampton and Davis Bates are two really cool young photographers. I find them to be really inspiring. Um, I really like Laquan Smith. I like Laquan Smith. Yeah. I really like Laquan's. I really like Laquan's too. Um, who else? The Vet Mom collection was so good this season. That's how you say it? I think so. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. That's I'm like, I don't know how to say it, but if that's how you say it, it's something real good, real fancy. <laughs> but they have 165 looks in their collection. I honestly How? Like- how? <laughs> How is that even possible? I think they worked on it. How many, how often do they release looks too, like seasons? I want to say that they, I hope that's the whole entire year because that's, for one season, that's crazy. I think it is. And I think that's part of like COVID with fashion is kind of having to figure out how many seasons we're going to have now. Like the fashion cycle has to slow down anyway, like for the planet. But um, I think it's just one. I don't think they released... That's still a lot, though. It's a they lot. They could divide that into, like... They could divide that into four seasons. Yeah. They were fire, though. Like, I liked all of them. I liked the concept behind them. I felt like it was really current and, like, perfect for the times right now. Mm. I only got to see the Prada. Um, like, Prada looks. Uh, I saw some of the off... No, not off white. Louis Vuitton looks. Those are amazing. Um, Those were crazy. Yeah, it's, they're they're amazing. They're an amazing company as design wise. Um, and who else have I been looking at? Bianca Saunders. She's a really dope designer. Um, who else? I like to watch small independents so like Sheila, mm-hmm. Sheila the designer, Sheila Rashid. Um, I'm, I, but I actually don't really look that much into it though. Like, yeah. honestly, I've been just working so much. It's kind of hard to keep yeah, up sometimes. Like, I have to sit there and really be like, all right, Saturday, I'm just gonna look at <laughs> stuff from from the past couple months that I missed that people have been looking at. It's yeah. kind of sucks sometimes because, like, even with music, because like I'll end up listening to the same artist because like. I haven't had the time to... I mean, now that there's a new music mix with Apple, I can hear new artists all the time. Yeah. But, like, before... (laughs) I was listening to the same album. What were you listening to? Uh, I don't even know. Like, I... I I listen to a lot of different um, genres, but I can listen to the same album all the time. If I love it, I can play it maybe every single day, and then I'll find another artist. So, like... My favorite artists to listen to though are like um I don't have a favorite artist. I was gonna say some, but like recently like Saw Baby, um 
uh, I'm always listening to Young Thug. I think it's because he's a Leo and we have like the same birthday. So like, oh, really? wow. yeah. So like, I just understand him for some reason, <laughs> and like his voice is really nice. Um, I like to listen to toxic music sometimes too, like Future and. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I make jokes about Future and like the guys in New York, but. I'm kind of a hypocrite because I like future too. It's good. Yeah, he he's definitely figured out a way to combine hip hop, rap, and yeah. like soul music in a in a modern way. And yeah. regardless of whatever he be talking about, it just sounds good for it some does. reason. <laughs> um, definitely, Florida artists, anyone that is popping out, try and listen to and. Support the home team. Like who? I feel like I don't know a lot of Florida artists. Uh, to see, I listen to like um, mm, I mean, I don't really wanna. I can't think of them right now. But to see is definitely one that just got like really just became popping and um. Who else do I really like to listen to? Oh, it's down south music, so like Gucci and you know typical stuff. But honestly, I'm always listening to new artists now, yeah. so it's like can't. It's so much music now. I know. There's I like there's so many designers. Like, how do yeah. you keep up with them? Like, how do you keep up with them though? Honestly, <laughs> I have a stay-at-home job. Um, like, I do real estate during the day from home but that gets kind of see you even talk about that she does real estate low-key side hustle yeah i have to do it to like pay my bills yeah 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 i mean you have to do what you gotta do yeah but honestly i'll be on my phone all day just obviously if i'm working but at the same time multitasking so i'm just used to that but i'll go on vogue runway or i feel like i've made my instagram to the point where the most posts that I, not the most posts, but the thing I see the most on my feed is designers and stylists and artists Mm -hmm. so that it's always something that's inspiring me. It's always something new I can like learn about or look into. Um, But yeah, it's, I I look at everything. Like it doesn't even matter, like even with music, I like that now Apple Music has, like, shuffled. Because yeah. you just find new people. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. before it used to be, like, YouTube for me. But I'm not, I don't, I'm not on my laptop enough or on YouTube enough to really just be, like, always seeing new people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, real estate. I wish you would have talked about that earlier. <laughs> how, was, how was that for you? Honestly, it's super random, but I have family friends, and I've been doing it since, like, sophomore year of college. They were just like, if you need a job, like, you can have one, and I just started randomly training. It's not, like, I'm not appraising homes or, like, anything. It's You're just, not an agent? Yeah, no, I'm not an appraiser or anything like Which that. But you work in, yeah. in the industry? Yeah, it's... It's a good job. I'm honestly really thankful that I can work from home and just kind of, I always have time to be multitasking or doing something else because, I mean, I like being able to pay my bills, but like if I had to do that only for the rest of my life, that's not like, that's not my dream. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times when people are starting out, they definitely always have like a, something they're also doing to provide extra income. Like when I when I first started my business, I was still working as an administrative assistant yeah. for a designer. But you know, but it was so nice having you on here. And thank you, yeah. thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Nicole ZZ on air. Make sure to visit our website, NicoleZZStudio.com, and Instagram, NicoleZZStudio, where you can subscribe to our list for updates on the show.